Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Thanks for joining us again uh, one night later than usual because of the Lady Tiger basketball last night, but we certainly wanted to get this program in because uh, a lot going on in Nevada Tiger Lady Tiger basketball. That's certainly on the boys' side as well as uh, postseason plays right around the corner now. The uh, Nevada Tigers getting Big A West Division play wrapped up, and uh, Tiger head coach Sean Gray joining us now. And uh, Sean, unfortunately, not as active as you would like to have been over the last week because of the weather at the end of the week, but. Uh, How'd your week go? How did you manage the weather? And uh, we'll talk about the Pleasant Hill game here in a minute, but talk about how you managed all that uh, to get through and, and get some time, as much time as you could on the court. Yeah, uh, not ideal, like you said, Mike, to, to have a big layoff as we're hitting the home stretch here. But, of course, uh, Wednesday we were unable to practice. Thursday also unable to practice. So we just gave our guys some, some at-home workout stuff to do, uh, encourage them to get outside, shovel some snow, uh, just try to stay in as good a shape as they possibly could, given the circumstances. Uh, same deal Friday, unfortunately. Uh, just uh, things cleared off Friday, but uh, it was late enough in the day that uh, we weren't able to practice as well. But several of our guys took advantage you know, of our local resources, the YMCA, the community center. Uh, I saw lots of pictures of guys out sledding, doing things like that. But luckily, Saturday and Sunday, we were able to open up the gym and have a have two optional practices that uh, – a good chunk of our guys showed up too. And, you know, you make the best out of situations like that. So uh, we looked at it as a kind of a, a recharge of the batteries. Uh, I did hear a lot of talk of some late night video game ses- sessions. So <laughs> I don't know that they got as much rest maybe as, as I did uh, with the extra days off, but uh, you know, it, it wasn't ideal, but but we definitely made the best of it, and, and we were able to get in the gym Saturday and Sunday. Well, and then you got back to action on Tuesday, but before we talk about that, let's go back. Of course, you uh, had the game against Cassville postponed last Friday. A uh, little disclaimer, we're recording on Wednesday before the airing on Thursday night, so if something has transpired between the recording and when this is airing. Uh, we'll have to fix that later, but at this point, that game has not been rescheduled. What's the latest you can tell us about the Cassville date? Yeah, unfortunately, Mike, it's just a situation where both team schedules don't really have a nice opening in it. Uh, of course, the first option we looked at was just moving the game from that, that Friday to Saturday, but uh, Castle got hit with, with kind of that last round of snow a little bit harder than we did, and I did not feel like they'd be able to get out. And then since we didn't practice Friday, it was a situation where we did not want to play either, having not practiced for three days. So uh, Saturday got nixed. Um, the next possibility we were looking at and were hopeful for was the Wednesday night game that, that ended up working out for the girls. Um, unfortunately, Cassville had a, a Tuesday night game, whereas we had a Monday night game, and uh, Cassville balked at, at the idea of playing a back-to-back. I, I'm not sure, but I think maybe it was going to be back-to-back road trips for them, possibly, and wasn't something they wanted to do, unfortunately. So uh, that, that got nixed. Um, then looked at this Saturday, potentially, uh, what's that, like the 12th, I think, maybe. We ran into issues with the ACT test. Uh, several kids are active in other things. Uh, we've got a couple athletes going on college visits that afternoon. And that's not going to work either. So then you go to the next week, and, and that's Cassville's ideal week because they only have one game. Uh, but we have three games that week, so not going to work for us that week either. So really, at this point, I think it's just a matter of that last week of the season, finding a date that works. I think Cassville has a, has a game that week on the 22nd. We don't have a game at all that week. We'd rather not play late in the week because, as we well know, uh, the district tournament starts that following Monday. So 
you'd like Thursday and Friday to be prepping for postseason play, but our athletic directors are working hard on that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a home game for our kids. Uh, it's an opportunity to, to play a game that we love. So we're going to get the game on the schedule one way or the other. Well, and, uh, of course, you're getting ready to travel to McDonald County on Friday to wrap up at least before the crossover game on Tuesday, the uh, the Big A West Division play. It looks like it'll be one game short. It uh, looks like you won't be the only team, though, uh, in the Big A West, or East for that matter, that's going to end up a game short in the in the standings. Uh, so uh, I guess while we're touching on that, let's talk about that scenario and uh, how you kind of – because it's becoming a bit of a jumbled mess as to who's going to slot in where at this point, especially with uh, uh, back on Tuesday night, uh, East Newton uh, – excuse me, I'm sorry, Monette defeating McDonald County. That kind of created a bit of a mess uh, other than East Newton sitting at 4-0, and and uh, they've got two games to play yet. But uh, it's kind of – it's going to be interesting to see who you end up playing on Tuesday at this point because the East is just as, just as jumbled. Yeah, it's – you look at our side, Mike, and East Newton has not lost. But the top three, you know, McDonald County has one loss. Lamar has one loss. East Newton has no losses. But East Newton's final two games are against Lamar and McDonald County, the other two teams at the top. So uh, then you go to the middle portion of it. We have two losses. Monette has two losses, who who, who we were able to beat. Uh, So depending on what teams ahead of us win and lose, there's probably going to be another team at least or two that, that, that bumps down to that two-loss line. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really up in the air in one through three and then potentially even one through five where that all shakes out. And then, like you said, our game with Cassville likely not going to be played before the crossover. Uh, Monette versus Lamar, who Lamar's a one-loss team. Monette's a two-loss team. Uh, not scheduled to be played until I think the 22nd after the crossover game. So you'll have some teams with, with six games, some teams with five games. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, you go to the other side of the conference, the East, and Springfield Catholic looks pretty strongly positioned at the one line. But then you go two through, I think, six, two through five or six there, and, and it's, again, really up in the air. Uh, Mount Vernon, who had struggled early, uh, got a win over Marshfield, who I think was sitting in third at the time. So uh, I think there's a, a game between Logan Rogersville and Hollister yet to be played. So uh, it will be very interesting. Uh, it's really hard to pinpoint down to one or two teams that we might play. I do know uh, Coach Hawks, our athletic director, has said that uh, McDonald County and East Newton have rescheduled their game for the 13th because they really want to try as, as much as possible to have as clear a picture as possible who would potentially win the conference to try to have that one-versus-one matchup on Tuesday. Now, depending on how things shake out, we still may not know that until after Lamar and Monette play or us and Casville play. But uh, the ADs, are, are they, they've got a dialogue going. So we may there's a possibility we won't know until Monday night <laughs> who's coming to win gym on Tuesday. But like you and I talked about off-air, uh, at least we're the ones hosting, so – we don't have to worry about uh, which direction to send a school bus on Tuesday. Yeah, and maybe your game against McDonald County on Friday will provide a little bit of clarity, too, because uh, that would give them two losses, give you three wins. And uh, uh, McDonald County is playing on Saturday, you said, so I guess they have the potential for getting another uh, victory there. But, uh, but yeah, so maybe a little bit of clarity after Friday, but we'll just have to wait and see how it all pans out. Like, like we said, uh, off-air, and as you just mentioned, uh, we'll be there on Tuesday, so you walk through the door. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right. Yeah, that McDonald County East Newton game that that Monday night okay. before the Tuesday crossover. Okay. So okay. Right. I may have said I think I had the date wrong. It's, that's the fourteenth, I think. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 really up in the air, and we haven't necessarily been in this position before. So uh, we'll just make the best of it, and. Uh, Whoever we draw, uh, it, it'll be a fun game. All right, we'll look forward to that. But let's go backwards now and talk about your game. I mentioned on you played on Monday. That was at Pleasant Hill against the Roosters. Fifty-six uh, forty-seven loss uh, to Pleasant Hill. Uh, a game both teams had five wins uh, going into the season. Uh, they had not played as many games yet this year. But uh, uh, talk about that game—a physical ball game and. Uh, uh, tight game until it got to the fourth quarter then they made a they made a run it was good enough for them to to get at that spread and get and go on to get the victory yeah mike you hit the nail on the head physical ball game and we typically when we're at our best we're able to penetrate into the paint score get dump offs um and then our three-point shooting has, has come along a little bit and off of that penetration the threes that we make the most are those inside outside threes uh the physicality really bothered us as far as finishing when we drove we got some offensive rebounds uh we actually believe it or not i didn't realize this until i saw the saw the stats offensive rebounds were almost equal um unfortunately we converted almost none of our offensive rebounds into stickbacks and pleasant hill converted several of theirs so those second chance points were really in pleasant hill's favor and we just did not adapt to how physical things were quick enough. I thought we eventually did make that switch, just not early enough, and that ended up biting us uh, a little bit. And uh, they had some guys step up and hit shots as well, Mike. We talked about how we shot the ball pretty well. I think we made eight or nine threes, which I think going into a game, if, if you and I were to talk, I'd take eight made threes in a ball game just about every night with, with our crew. Uh, but they had some guys step up, mainly uh, Mason Hicks in the second half with, with three made three-pointers, which was huge. Yeah, in fact, if Mike Kevin is right, you had nine threes and eight twos. Uh, would you have guessed that, that you would have more threes and twos the way the season's gone? That's not typical of us, <laughs> that's for sure. And that just speaks to how physical it was that you know, Evan and Jeremiah, who lead us in points in the paint scoring, were really bothered inside by it. Cade uh, Beshore, a guy who... On a given night, it's been a, one of our top two or three leading scores. Went scoreless. Uh, couldn't really find any openings from the three-point line. They guarded him hard on the perimeter. Luckily, you know, Owen Swearingen stepped up in the first half, gave us a spark when we were really struggling from the three-point line. And then Bryce Budd, who, who's really come along from a scoring perspective, gave us a lift. And then as Jack Cheney's proven the second half of the season, uh, he came in and was, was a scoring, scoring threat as well. So we told our guys at halftime, we felt like we played really, really poorly and were down one. Going into the fourth quarter, again, still hadn't played great, and it was a, a one-score ball game and just could not get over that hump. And, and like you find on the road sometimes, uh, postseason-type atmosphere against a, a district opponent, uh, they, they were the team that just found a way to get that little bit of a cushion. And in a physical, grinded-out type ball game. If you get that three or four score advantage, it's really, really tough to overcome at that point. And they, and they got them quick. I think it was uh, Trey Wilhelm hit a three, then Mason Hicks backed it up with another three, and you know, then just like that, you're down five or six, and uh, you know, with just minutes remaining, and it always seems that that little edge just kind of proves to be a difference in the ball game, unless you can find a spark towards the end. And unfortunately, that just didn't come. Even though Jack Cheney tried with back to back threes of his own. Yeah, and another step. I talked about the second chance points, Mike, where. Rebounding on the offensive glass was about equal, but 
the second chance points were not. Points off turnovers were the same thing. And I think anyone that watched that game would probably say, you know, that we did a decent job of forcing some turnovers. Our pressure, we, 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 we got a lot out of it. We did not score off of those turnovers. Pleasant Hill beat us in points off turnovers as well. And a lot of our turnovers were in the half court. They were able to get down the floor and finish those opportunities. And our turnovers that we got against the pressure, we still were not able to convert. And I think part of that also uh, hurt by the fact that we didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the free throw line. And some of those turnovers that we got led to fouls. And then when you're only sticking one of those in at the free throw line, uh, you're just not taking a full advantage of those opportunities. They had uh, again. I'm going. I'm doing a quick count here, but uh, they had roughly. Uh, I should have brought the box score in with me, but 11 free throws in the ball game. You had less than that. Again, as you said, as we talked about a physical ball game, but as we talked about also on post game the other night, maybe not a bad thing to have a physical game because you're going to play in a northern district, and uh, we've seen around the Kansas City area they tend to let that play go a little bit. So maybe uh, maybe a good taste before we get to district play in a couple of weeks. Yeah, those are three officials that are pretty highly rated in the Kansas City area, guys that it would not surprise me to see them calling you know district-type ball games. And I think anytime you watch postseason play at any level, it seems like you know maybe officials take the let-the-players-decide-the-game approach. And then especially it seems like we get up towards the, the Kansas City area. And, and like you said, it, in the WCC days, there were times when, when that was definitely the case. So... When you don't win a ball game, you really have to learn some lessons from it, and hopefully we learn how to adapt to that physicality, and hopefully we're better off for it going forward. Well, in the ball game, uh, again, just kind of center on the Pleasant Hill game a little bit. Uh, you did get uh, two scores in double figures: Evan Ray with twelve, Bryce Bud at twelve, Jack Cheney right there with three trays. He ends up at nine. He's really become a real spark for you off the bench. Uh, but uh, it was good to see Evan kind of get rolling again uh, with twelve points. Didn't score in the fourth quarter, but uh, was being aggressive certainly as he continues to to fight through that ankle injury. Yeah, he's still not one hundred percent. Coach Wolf made the comment at halftime. He he asked if Ev was okay because. He just did not have that, that last step when he drives to get that extra little bit of separation to really finish some of those shots. But as a senior leader and a, as a guy that he knows we need him to, to be productive, he's still kind of finding a way to grind some stuff out. And uh, he's, he's been better from the free throw line recently. I, I think he's kicking himself, missed maybe more free throws than he would have liked to in that game. But uh, it's good to see that he's able to still be productive, even though he's not at 100%. And then, like you said, I, I mean, having Bryce Bud step up on a night when, when Cade Beshore was not uh, giving his typical production, having Cade, who typically scores for us, Bryce showing that he can step up and score, and then Jack, who's really been a spark, especially shooting the ball, which has not necessarily always been a bright spot for us to this point in the season, it's given us some more lineup flexibility, and it's given us a, some options, especially if we get in a ball game where it is physical inside, and we might have to rely on the perimeter shot a little bit. There may be situations where we have to go to four and five three-point shooters on the floor at a time, and uh, it's looking like that's something we'll, we should be able to do going forward. Well, the uh, we t- as we know, uh, district play is uh, not that far off. Comes up at the, the end of February, first of March. Uh, this was a game with district seating implications, um, and you know, unfortunately, Nevada takes one of the loss. It, could be a little damaging as far as your district seed is concerned. So how do you see that? Uh, again, still more basketball will be played in the next couple of weeks before you seed, but how do you th- kind of see things right now after the Pleasant Hill ball game? 
Yeah, so we got a, an email yesterday from Harrisonville, who's the district host. We're going to seed uh, a week from when we're recording this, Mike, uh, next Wednesday evening. So okay. I think what that gives us, two ball games uh, between now and then, and mm-hmm. most teams probably a couple more. But looking at schedules and head-to-head matchups, et cetera, it looks to me like Barstow, given the schedule they play, even though their record is not glamorous, I think most coaches will really respect the fact that they're a team that's made some trips to Final Fours in recent years. Uh, they're playing a, a bigger school, Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri schedule. I would I would really be surprised if they don't end up on the one line, even though the record isn't really glamorous. Then it becomes interesting. Nob Noster, I think, has 11, 12, 13 wins, somewhere in that range. But playing a lot of Class 2 and Class 3 schools in their schedule uh, will make it interesting for coaches voting because you've got Pleasant Hill that has a head-to-head win against Clinton, a head-to-head win against Harrisonville, a head-to-head win against Nevada, um, and is playing better lately. And the Pleasant Hill coach, Messenger, he's going to argue that they've lost to Kansas City Center twice, St. Michael's twice, a state-ranked Richmond team twice. Uh, they've played in the Grain Valley Tournament, which is a large school tournament. And so he's going to talk about the fact that while their record is not nearly as good as, as maybe a Knob Noster uh, record, they think their schedule is much tougher, and, and I'd say those two teams will, will likely battle it out on the two and three line. My guess is we're probably at the four spot, and then you've got Harrisonville and Clinton at the five and the six. Uh, Harrisonville lost to Clinton in a head-to-head matchup. Uh, we beat Clinton. Uh, Harrisonville does have a head-to-head win against Adrian. They split with Adrian on the season. They recently lost to them by double digits, so... I, you know, four, five, and six, a little bit up in the air. But uh, if I had to guess now, I'd guess we'll be on that four, possibly the five line. All right. So, uh, again, that'll be uh, coming up next Wednesday. So, we'll look forward to seeing how that comes out. And uh, um, they have there's many conversations yet about what day they plan to start the district tournament. Will it be a, a Saturday start or will it be a Monday start, have they said? Yeah. So, they also said, uh, Mike, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I think they're going to play the first two rounds back-to-back. Uh so you'll have that quarterfinal on Monday. I think they'll play four games, two quarterfinal boys games, two quarterfinal girls games. You know, with the six-team district, you'll have the one and two seed with buys. And then on Tuesday, we'll go right into the semifinals as well. So those teams that played in the quarterfinals on Monday will be playing back-to-back. Wednesday, uh, I believe Harrisonville's hosting uh, some, some small school sectional games at that point. Um, and then Thursday will be a potential weather makeup day um, in case there's weather issues on that Monday or Tuesday, and then the district championship on Friday. So uh, they, that was the preliminary thing they sent out yesterday to athletic directors. Everyone was supposed to confirm that, uh, but I did not see anyone raise any questions with that. So I'd say if they get that finalized in the next day or two, they'll get that sent out to everyone. All right, we'll look forward to that uh, and uh, see how that seed comes out. And uh, if I recall, the six-team district, uh, uh, four and five doesn't really matter. Just like you said the other day, it's just a matter who's wearing yep. the home jersey. So four or five really doesn't make a difference. So 
Anyway, uh, just you, whether you're wearing white or red. <laughs> so, but yep, uh, correct. Which, which side of the scores table you sit on? <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So that'll be coming up. We got a couple weeks before that, and uh, we'll see how the district C comes out. We'll talk more about that on next week's program. But uh, let's talk about what you got coming up because you do have a nice road trip coming up on Friday. Uh, Neck of the woods, you're certainly familiar with, although it's been several years now. But you're very familiar with McDonald County, and uh, as usual, we're going to play McDonald County's homecoming. So I think we play. The, I think I've seen more <laughs> McDonald County homecomings than I have Nevada, and. Uh, uh, that's going to be on <laughs> Friday night and uh, girl boy doubleheader and uh, head down to Anderson. But uh, uh, for you, a, a somewhat important ball games we already talked about in the Big 8 West Division standings and also just, just try to establish some momentum on Friday night. Yeah, McDonald County, Mike's got a, a good athletic ball club. It's going to be the same cast of characters we've seen the last couple, even three years. Some of these kids started as freshmen and they've taken some lumps. Uh, especially as freshmen and sophomores, but started to come on last year. We played them at home. We played really, really well. That game was never in question, but you started to see signs of, of, of some potential out of that group last year as, as most of them were juniors. And then this year as seniors, they've gotten some really good wins. Uh, you and I talked about off-air, a little bit surprising maybe. I think they were thought to be the favorite or, or right there with East Newton as the favorite to win the conference. And then they dropped a game last night to Monette, just just proving that, that winning conference games, especially on the road, uh, is a tall task. And uh, When we go down there, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Their student section does a great job of, of coming out in full force, uh, being active. The fact that it's homecoming, court warming, whatever you call it, whatever locale, uh, will add that to it. And, and you're right, I, <laughs> I'd say we've, we've filled this role just about every year. The fact that it's a late-season Friday night game lends itself to that, probably. Uh, but I don't know that we've, I think in the last couple of years, I can't remember if the renovations that they did to their court mm. were complete two years ago when we were down there. But uh, it's, it's, it's a nice facility. They've done some renovations. Uh, I think the stage that used to be there is gone now. They oh, turned really? that into a, some weight room, coaches' offices uh, <laughs> back in behind They've actually got a, where the stage used to be. I think there's two stories there now, and they've got some windows overlooking from the top. And uh, they redid the court uh, a couple years ago, I think. So uh, nice facility, and uh, should be a really great atmosphere against a good ball club. And uh, as far as cast of characters go and personnel, they've got a six nine kid, Teddy Reedy Bacon, that had been out with some injury. He projects to be back. And, Anytime you play a kid with that kind of length, it's going to alter shots around the basket. And then uh, they've got Pierce Harmon. Uh, they've got Cole Martin, who we're familiar with on the football field, on, on, on the baseball field as well. Uh, and then uh, Cross Dowd really, really has come on as a three-point shooter for them also. So you've got those three guards that can really shoot it, uh, really physical. And then the, the bigs around the basket, uh, Eli McClain, 6'6". They run a lot of zone trap, Mike, one three one, one two two extended trap. They put the six six McLean kid at the point, use the six nine kid at the back to protect it, and then those quick guards, they, they really are able to wreak some havoc with teams. But if you can handle the pressure, which Monette proved that they were able to do last night, and Seneca played them a close ball game uh, just a couple days ago, if you can handle the pressure, not turn it over against the trap and the link, um, and then make it a half court ball game and then keep those bigs off the glass, then you've, you've given yourself a chance. So 
Easier said than done, but uh, we're sure going to give it a good try on Friday. Randy Bacon, of course, big size down inside. I know he was out for a while, and he's headed to Neosho County, if I remember right, but uh, is he back uh, playing? So talking to opposing coaches, they brought him back in in limited roles uh, off and on. He went from a hard cast to kind of a soft, I guess maybe you'd call it a splint or a brace on his wrist. So uh, Monette, the Monette coach and I visited this morning, uh, he's actually waiting for his staff to complete to send me that film, but we're sure going to prepare like he is going to be back at 100%. Uh, you'd like to think this late in the season with conference championship implications on the line and being there court warming and homecoming that uh, if, if, if it's a 50-50 type proposition that, that he will play. All right, we'll look forward to it. That'll be on Friday. We've already talked about the fact uh, you do have a game next Tuesday. We don't really, but we don't know who yet is the opponent for the Big A crossover game. All we know is that it's at home, so we can't break anybody down there. So uh, we'll look forward to that uh, next Tuesday. But uh, I guess it is important to uh, mention uh, Tuesday night, though it's not just varsity. Uh, and I will will be if they have a C team. Will you play three games, or it gets does it, does it kind of depend on the other team situation? Yeah, so in years past, Mike, it's always been a JV varsity doubleheader. That's kind of the way the Big 8 athletic directors have scheduled that. I I feel like at one point in recent years, uh, we may have played a C game just because both teams wanted to get a C game in, but I, I'm not sure that I anticipate that happening this year. Uh, but we, we probably just need to wait and see who's coming to us. And if, if, the, if the team that we draw from the East really wants to, to bring a group and and play a three game night on a Tuesday night, then uh, that's a, that's something we would we would get an opportunity for our kids to, to play another game. But I think as of now, it's on the schedule as a JV varsity uh, night for the boys. All right, well, we look forward to it. Uh, two games coming up for the next week, and then we'll wait until uh, we hear word on the Cassville date, see if and when that game will be played. Looks like uh, it'll certainly uh, not be within the next week, so uh, we'll look forward to word on that as well. So, Sean, thanks for the time, and uh, appreciate you joining us by telephone today, and uh, we'll, we'll see you on Friday down at McDonald County. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Tiger Eye Coach Sean Gray, when we come back, wrestling has gone in the midst of district competition. That, of course, included last Friday for, actually last Saturday and Monday for the girls. Nevada boys wrestlers are getting ready for their district down at Seneca this Friday and Saturday. Derek Campbell talks to head wrestling coach Forrest Drury about that after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 